Aloha nui kako, Avelina mai i keia pūkana o keia vahi podcast, o ia hoi o Munkain Things, the podcast. No laila i keia la e hai mo lalo ana vau e piliana i ke kahi mau uh, mo o lalo mai kupuke o Chicken Skin, True Spooky Stories of Hawaii. This was one of my favorite books growing up. Um, if you know me, you know that I'm into like spooky um scary i don't even know like the difference okay bitch i could talk about all of this stuff for days i don't know who gave me a podcast um i literally started listening to podcasts because i would listen to like supernatural and paranormal podcasts and i was like i could do that i could sit there and read scary stories i think this podcast like literally originally started off as a scary story podcast um and then i just started using it more for patreon and um yeah like i said i my original goal is to get paid to talk shit and the podcast is like a perfect outlet for that i'm not getting paid from it yet but <laughs> you know it all ties into the moon kind things package you guys listen to the podcast so then you want to buy the stuff because you know i'm fucking real sorry beep that out you know i'm authentic you know i know what i'm talking about when you listen to these kinds of podcasts you know so i guess you know yeah i'm getting paid to talk shit but anyways fast forward okay so today we are going to start number one i know it's like only september but to be quite honest as soon as august hits i'm like okay it's christmas let's go turn the page i don't even okay this is the thing about me though i don't even like halloween i have a really weird relationship with things that scare me i mean we all do right like when you look into the science of why people like to be scared and even like why people like to ride roller roller coasters or why people like to watch scary movies like the psychology behind it has to do with that thrill and that excitement and like being able you know it even gets deeper i've read some theories about like um you're able to kind of control you're in a controlled environment when you're doing something like watching a scary movie or going through a haunted house or um reading a scary book right you're in a controlled environment you can close the book you can walk out of the theater haunted house um you have some kind of it that's like as close as you get to being authentically scared right because in the more extreme ones you can have like a waiver that you sign or like you know there's rules like they can't touch you in some of them or whatever law so all of those um tailored experiences or even like skydiving right people want that rush they like that adrenaline um so that all ties into why how we like to like manufacture that feeling but we like it controlled so that's why scary movies and books and stuff like that are so hugely successful um like okay i'm such a nerd about this when i was growing up i used to like i would do everything from read scary books to watch scary movies to even like i've definitely watched a couple of those um you know during this time of the year on like discovery channel they have like those tour of haunted america where they go across america and like look at all the different um haunted houses that they have or i don't know i just was really into scary stuff growing up and it was like kind of just like a safe space for me especially reading was like my um you know as a pisces i love to escape the real world as often as i can and i have a very imaginative um active imagination and um i think that's where a lot of like my creative mind comes from too i was telling my mom because even my mom used to take me to these storytellings every year i remember um in town i want to say like the kennedy theater or something but it wasn't because that's the one at manoa and this one was like 
downtown like Kakaako maybe I don't know but she would take me every year to this spooky storytelling and they would have like Hawaii's most renowned storytellers that would come and tell their scary stories of like real life things that happened to them um and so obviously being a child growing up going to stuff like that you know and um reading all the time just really molded me into the kind of person that I am today the creative that I am today um and all of that stuff but on the flip side I don't even know like it's so weird because I literally refused to leave my house on Halloween until I was in high school kind like I was so incredibly terrified of everybody in their costumes and I just could not I don't like when I think about it it's not that I couldn't tell that it was real but like it just scared me and I didn't like that I didn't like that it wasn't in a controlled environment okay um so like Halloween and the haunted houses were not my jam but like scary movies and books love them so I grew up reading books like chicken skin obake files you know what's the other one Hawaii's best spooky tales oh yeah that's the other one I have um and all those kinds of books and just also my dad oh my gosh my dad has told me so many good scary stories and like you know just aunties and uncles and stuff like that growing up um I did spend about six years on Hawaii Island when I went to college there and um yeah like majority of my own personal scary stories definitely come from that period of my life I was just talking to somebody the other day and I was like literally have encountered more ghosts and scary situations of like supernatural stuff on Hawaii Island in the six years I lived there than the 22 years I lived on Oahu like crazy um but yeah so today we have a a special storytelling hour I'm just gonna read uh two of my favorite uh mo'olelo from chicken skin Um, this is the one by Rick Carroll. So when I was reading the forward, so first of all, diving back into these books after literally 20 years, um, these stories are a lot scarier than I remember. And it's also trippy to look at them with the lens I have now, like having literally experienced some of these things. Um, and then to read about them in this book from, and some of these stories are from the sixties and seventies actually. So yeah this was published in 1996 but i know that one of the stories in here for sure talks about being set in the early 70s so yeah super interesting she said vintage ghost stories (laughs) um so i'm gonna read two from this book today i have um maybe like one or two i'm gonna read in this book another time and then a couple from the spooky stories what is it best spooky tales book um and then i even have tales from the night rainbow which isn't really a spooky storybook but I don't know, maybe we should do like readings. Readings from book of Lily Kala. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're doing today. I'm going to read two of those Mo'olalo. And then we're starting spooky season now and we're gonna finish at the end of Oka Copa. So we have about like a good month and a half to get through all these different things that I want to talk to us about. And then you already know right after spooky season because i'm like i don't even really celebrate halloween i'm a witch year round i don't really know what you mean so after spooky season we will merge right into laku okoa and celebrate our independence as kanaka and then after that we will go right into christmas which i have talked about before so don't even come for me because you guys all already know how i stand on that period all right so let's get to reading so the first book i mean the first story that i have for us tonight is called ghosts of hula past and this is by akoni akana on Kauai's north shore on a knoll above the boulders of ka beach stands a sacred altar of rocks often draped with flower lei and tea leaf offerings 
This altar, dedicated to Laka, the goddess of Hula, may seem like a primal relic from the days of idols, but Ka'ulu o Lakaheo is a very much in use today. Often, dancers, men and women of Hawaii's Hula Halo, climb the cliff bearing small gifts of flowers. Sometimes, a mother of a newborn will deposit the umbilical cord of her infant at this sacred shrine in a revival of the old Hawaiian ways, once banned by missionaries. In Hawaiian myths, Lohi'au, a handsome chief, danced here before the fire goddess Pele, and their passion became Ha'ena, which means the heat. The site is filled with what Hawaiians call mana, or power. If you climb the cliff to visit this altar, you will discover that you don't have to be Hawaiian to experience mana, but you must be very careful what you say and do. So this story like caught my eye, first of all, because they name Laka, and they talk about Laka in that little introduction. And then even... Um, some of the old school stuff they talk about the pico and you know the kuahu I was like ooh, that's like what I meant about looking at these things through the eyes that I have now just trippy so Ghost of Hula Pass by Okoni Akana this was at Ka'e down near Ha'ena the hula platform over there I was invited my cousin is a kumu hula on Kauai and they had their ho'ike for his halau and there was a fundraiser a ho'ike so he said come up this was about eight or ten years ago. I had Keiki Halau over here on Maui, so he told me come up and do something. So we practiced over here real hard for that show because I was really excited about doing it. They were having it at Kauai Civic Center. When we went to Kauai, I told the kids already that we were going to visit the hula pa at Ka'e before we go. You know, sometime before we go do this show for them. So one morning, we woke up early. No, wait, we had a practice first. We had practice and ugh, they were just all off and everybody was making me mad. You know, I was yelling at them already. You guys did so well back on Maui and you come over here practicing. So moloa all this kind. So we were feeling all junk. But then I said, OK, we go out. Ka. So we all jumped in the van and went out there. Had four mothers, five keiki, myself. And we went to Ka and we hiked up to the top. And then I did my oli, you know, the melekahea, the melekomo. I went on top and I made them do their melekahea. And I did my melekomo and I asked them to start dancing. So we had with us a kauna'oale that I had brought because <clears throat> kawa'i no more kauna'oa. Well, they have a little bit, but it's hard to get. So I brought this kauna'oa and I made them put the kauna'oa on the back wall of this thing. So they put their kauna'oa and I, we, had already decided what hula we were going to do. And so we started chanting. I started chanting this hula and all of a sudden I don't remember anything. I blacked out. I don't know what, but the chant was just coming out. But I know even the moms who were standing off to one side said, that wasn't you chanting. That was somebody else chanting. Well, what happened was the kids danced this dance we never even learned. We had never taught them. And the mothers were taking pictures. We're like, what's going on? And they were off on the side trying to take pictures of all of this. And the kids, when it was over, they all started crying. One started crying. The other started crying. They was crying. They didn't know what happened to them. They didn't even know why they were crying. They didn't know what the chant was that they did, so I explained to them that I felt that, you know, don't be afraid. It was probably something good, probably, <laughs> or something had come inside you, but I had all of these crying kids. The parents were all scared. They were like kind of like being very defensive to me, like, you know, what did you do to them or what did you do wrong or are we supposed to be up there or what this and what that and nobody knew. Anyway, on the way back, we talked about it and I was talking about it and I said, it's a good thing. You guys should don't think it's bad and this and that. And it's probably meant to be. And somebody came inside you and taught you this hula and you learned something new, even though you never remember exactly how it went. But you just did it. 
Anyway, what happened too that I didn't mention, when we left the pa, we were coming down and we turned to look at the mountain and the kauna'oa lei that we had placed on the very top were gone. So anyway, we talked about it on the way back and everybody calmed down and that night we did the performance at the Kauai Civic Center and they were so good. They brought the house down and everybody was yelling because they were just so good. They were perfect, no mistakes, so into it. It was like a whole different group than what I brought over, it seemed to me. Anyway, when we all came home and this and that and the moms developed the pictures and in the pictures, that was the weirdest thing. Two different mothers took pictures, two different cameras. All the pictures were the same in the sense that the faces, the kids and my face were white, like white and the hair all standing up like this straight up from the head in the picture. And all you see is a faded thing up against the black cliffs of the pulley. So all you could see was this white glow thing. So when we saw, we all sat together and everybody cried because it was just like, wow. So I don't know what it was. I don't understand it. I really don't. I'm not onto that kind of stuff, but I know that it truly was something that happened. And I know I will always remember that experience. Oh, I see. I can. So I remember reading in like the criteria of this book in the beginning, he was talking about how some of these um, came from this project and some came from this project and some came from this, but they all are stories that are chosen because they give everybody chicken skin that reads them. When I first read that story, I was in broad daylight in my bedroom reading my book and I got chicken skin and I was like, okay, that's the one. Um, I love that one because like for so many reasons, one as a hula practitioner, two as somebody who has seen and experienced firsthand that type of noho. Um, yeah, I love that back in 1996, they were like, oh shit, what this, you know what I mean? super interesting i'm not gonna really talk about that one more <laughs> um the other one that oh i love this one. Oh my god where is it old hawaiian graveyards this one is called so after two decades of searching summaries nanette pernell has only one real life chicken skin story it's a good one while researching graves on oahu's white and i coast she agreed to meet a man named wayne davis who offered to show her old hawaiian graveyards we made a date to meet on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock at Tanoi's, the landmark drive-in on the leeward side. He described himself and I described myself. He said he was a big Hawaiian guy. So on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, I drove up and saw a big Hawaiian guy by himself at the outdoor seating area at Tanoi's. Hi, I'm Nanette Purnell. Are you Wayne Davis? He said he was and I sat down and started talking story and chatting about this and that. And then we went driving around in my car for three hours and visited about 12 different graveyards, many I had never seen before, in the backs of valleys and really out of the way places. He was terrific. He really knew where to find the old Hawaiian graveyards. We did this for three hours and I got back to Tanois and dropped him off. The next day I was writing a thank you note and I got a phone call. I picked it up and this man's voice said, Nanette, this is Wayne Davis. Oh, Wayne, I said, thank you again for taking me around. I really enjoyed it and I learned so much. And then he said, what are you talking about? And he said, where were you yesterday? Wayne, I said, are you trying to pull my leg? I thought he was making a joke. All of a sudden it hit me and I started getting chicken skin on my arms. I said, wait a minute, I'm confused. Wayne, did you go with me yesterday? He said, no, I went there and I waited for more than an hour and nobody showed up. Well, I have chicken skin on my whole entire body right now. No joke. Holy crap. He like, it's so intense that my eyes are watering. <laughs> he said, no, I went there and I waited for more than an hour and nobody showed up. 
Then the hair on my neck stood up and I literally got chicken skin up and down my spine and I got scared. Wayne, don't joke with me. This isn't funny. I went there at eight o'clock and I met a man who said he was Wayne Davis and he got in my car and took me to all the graves for three hours. Nanette, I don't know how to tell you this, but that wasn't me. It wasn't funny to me now. Were you there or not? I demanded. I wasn't there, he said. I called you because I wanted to find out what happened to you. He said he arrived late, late for our appointment and waited, but I never showed up, so he went home. I still don't know who took me around, and it really bothered me. So about a month later, I talked to this kupuna, and I told her the story, and she told me to think of it this way, that maybe the ancestors were calling on me, sort of like an aumakua. The old Hawaiians wanted you to know where they are, she said. After I felt good about it. After that, I felt good about it. Several months later, at a function, I saw a man with a name tag that read, Hi, I'm Wayne Davis, and I introduced myself. It was the real Wayne Davis, all right. At least he said he was. Are you ready for this? He wasn't the same man who took me around the old graveyards. Oh, bruh. Yeah, love that story. Ooh, I'm just going to throw this bonus one in there because I just opened to this page. This one's called The True Story About Morgan's Corner. Oh, my God. Okay, so obviously I'm, you know, in the midst of spooky season designs and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I want to throw some stuff out there, but there have been so many, like, vibe. Mon we'll just go with the term mana suckers. So um, it makes me nervous to even hint at what I'm going to be doing. But I will say that Morgan's Corner will be included in that. How could it not, right? Everybody growing up east side and town, pretty much on Oahu, knows about Morgan's Corner. So it says, everyone, oh, <laughs> everyone by now has heard about a place called Morgan's Corner on Nu'uanu Road. There are a hundred variations of the story, but most involve a dark Pali road, a couple stranded in the car, the disappearance of the man, a steady drip, drip, drip on the car roof, a hook stuck in the door, and police who say, get out of the car and don't look back. By the way... That is a like well-known worldwide international style urban legend that has been told in many different ways, many different places. I wonder if it ever really happened anywhere. It's a real place. Sorry, that was my quip. Now back to the story. It's a real place. It's where the old Pali Road swings back over Nu'uanu Stream and then straightens out again. It's also where Dr. James Morgan built a villa in the 20s. Morgan's Corner was a well-known slowdown for Kailua commuters in pre-Pali highway days. The site comes by its gruesome reputation honestly. In 1948, prison escapees James Majors and John Palakiko invaded the home of Dr. Morgan's neighbor, Therese Wilder. They tortured and assaulted her, then trussed up and gagged the 68-year-old woman. She died and Palakiko and Majors were charged with murder and swiftly found guilty. Sentenced to hang in September 1951, Ho. Oh, they were being shackled for a long walk to the gallows when Governor Orrin Long stayed the execution. The case polarized Hawaii citizens. Many felt the two men were met, were sentenced to die solely because they were not white. What? Wow. Palakiko and Majors would have been the last people executed in Hawaii. They were paroled in 1963 and had minor brushes with the law afterward. Palakiko died mysteriously and Majors' whereabouts are unknown. So if you happen to stop at Morgan's Corner one dark night, listen carefully. Is that the rustle of the wind or the lonely screams of Therese Wilder? Interesting. So yeah, hope you're not listening at nighttime. Just kidding. Um, that is the end 
we have come to the panina of today's podcast super excited for the rest of this series um maybe i'll make this into like a season two on the podcast listing so it's a little bit easier i think i started season two already but i'll just throw this into season two and we'll do like a spooky season season two um but yeah i have a bunch of new designs coming out i have a pop-up in keolu on october 16th saturday october 16th um just come on by it's just gonna be a small pop-up with myself and a couple other vendors probably so i will be debuting a lot of my spooky stuff there i'll have sales as always you won't have to pay shipping you get free stickers come on down um what else what else what else i think that's it for today mahalo nui no koho olohe anamai ahui ho kako